Hi, I'm Jeremy Miller from Growing Pains, and I am the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now... Here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. This is On Screen and Beyond, episode 423 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with the guests from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, or I should say on this episode of On Screen and Beyond, it is Jeremy Miller. Ben Seaver from Growing Pains is going to be joining us, and he's going to give us all sorts of information about the show and what he's doing now, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I hope you're going to stick around for that. And um, also, uh, of course, he is part of the Hollywood Museum's special events that's going on. It's a new exhibit that is starting up, and also this weekend they will be having an autograph show to benefit a minor consideration which helps uh, children who are in uh, acting and entertainment world and making sure that everything goes uh, right for them because uh, sometimes they are not exactly treated in the business sense that it should be and everything and help make the laws that will, you know, get things so it's fair for them and everything else so we want to uh, help support that and you can go get autographs and you can uh, see the exhibit it's going to be a lot of fun check it out at the hollywood museum at the historic max factor building right there in hollywood california if you're in that area check it out and uh, what do you say why don't we get right into it let's have our chat with jeremy miller ben siever of growing pains Jeremy Miller's next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond is an actor who we all remember as Ben Seaver on the long-running hit TV show Growing Pains. He also was the voice of Linus on several Charlie Brown specials. He will be participating in the Hollywood Museum's Child Star Then and Now exhibit and at the autograph show to benefit a minor consideration. That's happening this weekend. It's Jeremy Miller. Jeremy, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Jeremy... Growing Pains, so many people watch that show. How does it feel being part of such a show that, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's, I don't know if you could call it a classic yet, but it will be, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's getting there. It's getting there. Um, it was a real honor. You know, I mean, of course, at the time, you don't really look at it like that. It's just a popular show and it was fun to be a part of. But as you, get older and look back uh it was a real blessing to be a part of something that really did touch a lot of people's lives and i've had so many people over the years that you know they feel like they know you because they grew up with you right yeah and it it's just it's a wonderful feeling and you do you feel very honored to have been a part of something that 
you know, was, was in so many people's homes on a weekly basis. Yeah. And like I was saying, it's, it, I don't know when, when do they, con- can you be considered a classic? I mean, is there so many, ye- <laughs> is it a number of years or what? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not sure what the, uh, what the actual time frame is. I do know, um, I mean, it may be different for television than music, but it was kind of, uh, alarming the other day when I'm listening to what used to be the oldie station still is. And all of a sudden eighties music and like guns and roses and things started coming on. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. This is not okay. I, I know that's when we can, we can tell that, you know, Oh no, I'm getting older. <laughs> yep. I was like, well, this is wait, wait, I'm not prepared for this, but uh, with television, I'm not really quite sure um, what the actual time frame would be. Um, but I know we're getting pretty close to that point. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, any show that goes the length of time that you had, you know, it, it's, it's going to be called that. There's no question about it as time goes by. How did you get onto that show? Was it an open call or was somebody looking at you or how did it come about? Um, for Growing Pains, it was actually just an open call. Um, just got the audition from my, uh, from my agent and I went in and there was, um, you know, 20, 30 other kids there on the particular day I was going in. And, um, you know, at that age, I was eight years old when we started. It's not so much just about the ability, you know, because you don't have much craft at that age. You might have a little bit of natural talent and being able to be kind of natural with your lines and things like that. But it really is more about your personality and, I don't remember. I know I did run lines in the audition, but I was in there longer than any of the other kids just talking with the, with the casting director and the uh, producer who was in there, um, you know, doing impressions and telling jokes. And that's just kind of who I was as a kid. And the producers always said that that's what stuck with them. Okay, now you you left me wide open here with this question. <laughs> you said you did impressions. What what was your your staple of impressions? <laughs> well, you know, I was only eight, so I can't imagine <laughs> they were very good. But uh, you know, Pee Wee Herman, and um, I used to at that age. Of course, my voice hadn't changed, so I could get really high pitched and do dolphin calls and imitate a dolphin. Um, <laughs> I, different little goofy things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what was the cast like when you got together? Uh, you know, when you first started. Um, the everybody was really. I mean, I was very blessed in that everybody on the show was really wonderful. Um, they were good with kids. They were very friendly. But you know, we didn't really have that bond when we first started. It was kind of you know we all knew we had a job to do and. It wasn't my first job. I knew how I was expected to act. And um, the funny thing was uh, Tracy Gold, you know, who played my sister Carol, Mm -hmm. was not the original Carol. Um, When we shot the pilot, it was actually another actress named Elizabeth Ward. And there was, I mean, she was wonderful. She did a good job. But when they tested the pilot, um, they didn't get a good feedback. They felt there wasn't a chemistry there, uh, with the other, um, you know, with the rest of the cast, there wasn't a really a good connection. And, um, there also was a conflict that ended up happening where her family looked like they were going to be moving back to New York to work on a project that her brother was doing. 
and they decided to recast. And thank God they did because they got Tracy. Not that Elizabeth wasn't, you know, excellent, but it just the fit, something kind of was off from an outsider perspective. Yeah. And, um, you know, Tracy, who became really like my sister. I mean, I grew up with all brothers and it's the only, until, uh, you know, Ashley Johnson later in the show came on. Tracy's the only sister I've ever had. So it was, uh, we were all really, really close. And very soon after filming, you know, probably early on in that first year, we all just kind of, we had this bond, you know, um, our families were involved. Alan and Joanna, both of um, both of them had their kids on the set who were our friends, and we hung out and played and messed around. And um, funny enough, in the pilot episode, Joanna's daughter, after a, a very kind of tender moment between me and Joanna where I'm sitting on her lap and we're telling each other how much we, I'm, we miss each other because she's left home to work and you know, how much I love her and everything else. And we got done with the take and her little daughter comes running up to me. She's about six years old. And she goes, you know, when she's doing that scene, she's thinking of me. <laughs> <laughs> I always gave her a hard time about that later, but it, it really was like that. I mean, we really did become a family. Huh. Oh, that, that's great. That's nice, nice to hear. Cause, and, and you, you know, I always wonder why they make the changes they do sometimes in the pilots. Like, you know, years ago, Gilligan's Island, I guess there was a pilot when, when the majority of the cast were just put away and new ones came in. And, and that's what, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's always interesting to find out why or how or what made those what those decisions, you know, came about. Right. Of course, the show was on for quite a long time. Is Is there any particular shows that you enjoyed the most or any anything that was you know, memorable to you? Um, for us, huh, the, the most memorable was probably the episode we did where we, um, we went to Hawaii mm-hmm. and it was a great episode to film, but everybody's families came to Hawaii. Our director's family, our producer's families were the everybody. I mean, it was like a 200 person family in Hawaii. <laughs> and not only were we filming, but most of us, when we got done, stuck around for another week or two and just had this incredible time together. And that is always stuck in my mind as how just really special, um, we had it, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's rare. There's, so many shows that you do hear about where people didn't get along or, you know, it was just a job and they weren't real close or we really had something that is, is very rare. And, uh, it was, it was just an amazing time. Yeah. Um, so that one always stood out in my head, um, especially. And then later on, just from a watching it standpoint, um, one of my favorite episodes getting to watch it afterwards was the episode where um, Carol's boyfriend died in the drunk driving accident. Mm. Uh, That was actually uh, Matthew Perry. And she did such a fabulous job with that. And I thought it was such a powerful episode that it just always stuck with me. And as one of them to watch, it was just, it was just 
jaw dropping and heartbreaking. And it, it, it was one of those that really stuck with you. Yeah. Well, they changed it up so much. I mean, there was some episodes that were humorous and then some episodes hit on some really poignant topics. Absolutely. Um, we had, uh, the episode where, um, uh, Mike was at a party and was offered cocaine. I mean, we tackled a lot of issues mm-hmm. that were really socially relevant at the time. Um, and yeah, you know, they changed it up. I mean, we couldn't, I mean, we were a family show, a sitcom. So of course those couldn't be a predominant part of the show, but throwing those in every year or two really kind of, I don't know, connected you more to the show in my opinion. Yeah. And then you mentioned you had to go to Hawaii. I'm sure you all were saying, Oh, do we have to go? Oh yeah. Tough break. (laughs) Oh, it was just awful. You know, uh, (laughs) the things we have to do, but no, that was pretty amazing when we found out we were going. And, you know, of course my little brother went with and my mom and Tracy and her, her siblings were there and Kirk and her siblings or his siblings and Alan and, um, Robin, his son and his other son, Brennan, and, you know, Joanna's daughter and it just, and we're all staying in the same hotel. So on our off times, we're all going to dinner together. The kids are all down at the beach or down at the pool. And it just, you just don't see that kind of stuff as much anymore. Yeah. Were you on the big Island or were you on Oahu or Maui? We were actually in Maui. Maui. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, it was amazingly beautiful. Oh yeah, it's a beautiful island. Jeez. Yeah, and we got to we got to do lots of scenes. Um, we did a luau scene where we actually shot in a real luau, so we got to participate in that. We shot out on boats on the ocean. We we did so many just incredible things. Yeah, do you get a chance to go to the top of I can't remember the name of the volcano, but it has the observatories on it. To, up at the top? Uh, I, I didn't, actually. Um, Kirk, who was always a big fitness nut back then, um, I believe, did the biking oh, tour <laughs> um, up the up the mountain on one of the days. Um, I think he went with some of the other uh, crew members from the show, hmm. and they actually did the mountain biking up the up the volcano yeah i i done i've done it in a car i wouldn't do it in a bike no way (laughs) (laughs) i'm too lazy for that (laughs) yeah i i I don't think i signed up for that one that wasn't uh you know the pool and the beach looked a lot better to me right (laughs) this episode is brought to you by fx's the veil starring elizabeth moss FX is the Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is the Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Now, when you turned around and had movies that came out, uh, TV movies in 2000 and then again in 2004. Uh, was this, was there any clue when the show ended that they might be doing this or was this just something that popped up out of somebody's mind and popped out of nowhere and they said, let's do this or. Um, it actually developed in, um, a couple of our original writer and producers minds and they, 
kind of pitched it to the network and said, what do you guys think? And I came up with some pretty good ideas and it just, it kind of came about over a period of about four years between the time that they came up with it and the time we shot the first, uh, reunion film (laughs) and, uh, not something we expected, but it was something we were all very, um, excited to do when we were presented with the opportunity and, you know, getting the old gang back together was really something, something we were all looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not that we didn't keep in touch. We did as best as possible, but you know, everybody right. goes their separate ways and has their own lives and you don't get to see each other as often as you'd like. So getting to, getting to get back together and actually work on a set together and recreate the characters. And we had a lot of fun. Yeah. Would you ever do another reunion if they were going to do one? Oh, absolutely. And I, I believe most of the cast, I believe all the cast would be more than willing to do so and would love to do so. Um, hasn't really been discussed. Yeah. Uh, it, it was discussed after the second reunion film. And for a couple of years, there was something that was being batted around, but it seems to have fallen by the wayside at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the way things are going lately on uh, these different networks, you know, that are popping up, they're coming up with the uh, remakes and, and bringing TV uh, like back reboots and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. I mean, just... now, that would be pretty. That would be pretty awesome. Um, I've actually discussed that with uh, a few of the cast members, and that's something that I know. You know. I know we would be interested in, and we've talked to some of our writers and um, producers about kind of directions that we would want to see that go if it was something we would were given an opportunity to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at Full House, Fuller House now, and mm-hmm. you know, just uh, it seems they keep keep bringing things back, which uh, is a good thing. <laughs> hey, I you know, if, if people want to see it, and it's still something that speaks to people and even is can be refreshed in a way where it is relevant to the next generation. I think it's awesome. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now what about, I didn't know. And of course I was doing my research and, and then I found this out that you were the voice of Linus. Yes, I was. That was, uh, that was quite, um, quite an experience it was a lot of fun and you know being a kid and of course a huge fan of peanuts and snoopy and all that um getting to be a part of that was just one of the coolest things i got to do as an actor as a child actor um we shot i think the first one i did was happy new year charlie brown Mm -hmm. and we did this is america charlie brown and then we did the snoopy the musical which was a two-hour um, TV special, kind of Peanuts movie. Yeah. And um, we also did, I don't know if you, do you remember Teddy Ruxpin, those, that yeah. little talking bear toy? Sure, yeah. Well, they had one of those for Snoopy as well. And we did a bunch of audio cassettes for that as well. Oh, okay. So that's, those are the things I got to do before my voice began to change. And they were like, ah, that's it. Yeah. Time to move on. <laughs> I know we had the original uh, on the show. We've had uh, the guy who did the original Charlie Brown voice, and he was telling us how he did it for so many years. And then they said, "Okay, <laughs> you're not Charlie Brown anymore." <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, and even as a kid, I understood um, being 
at that point, I was probably about 11 years old. I'd been in the business for about six years, so I got it. Um, I wasn't in Kremlin. It was, it was sad that it ended, but at the same time, I wasn't, I wasn't hurt or heartbroken or anything like that. I knew it couldn't go on, you know, much longer as I was getting older. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know, on most shows you can like growing pains, you know, we see you grow, but on right. with you, Linus, it's, <laughs> you, you can only do it for so long. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta kind of maintain that. And, uh, especially when you're casting, you know, actual children to do the voices. I mean, right. some of the things nowadays, they have adults doing them, wonderfully talented voice actors and oh, actresses yeah. who can do young, you know, child voices and things. Well, they, they have a longer opportunity, but when you're casting a kid, I started when I was about nine, um, you got a limited window there. Right, yeah, yeah. Now, this event that's coming up this weekend at the Hollywood Museum the Child Star Then and Now exhibition, and also the Autograph Show. Will you be participating in both of those? Uh, yes, I will. Um, we have a few items that are uh, are going to be um, in the exhibit, and also I will be participating in the uh, the signing as well. And we have uh, just a, an amazing group of people for the signing, and the memorabilia that has been collected is just incredible. Um, I mean, we have stuff dating back all the way to the 1940s, um, you know, uh, up until now. So it's, it's an amazing collection. People are going to want to come out and see it. And the signing is a really unique opportunity because it, it really gives the fans a chance to come and interact with us. And, you know, I've always enjoyed doing those because you get to hear stories and you get to hear how what you did affected people's lives and you know I'm a, I'm a people person i love talking to people and getting to hear that and getting to interact with people who really enjoyed what we do it's it's a really fun time yeah and we've had several of the people who are going to be participating in it and uh, they've uh, told us give us a, a hint of what they're uh, having in the exhibition uh, can you let us in on what you've you've put into it um, what I was able to contribute was uh, I I know there's a couple other things as well, and it's one of the one of the hard things about it is you know over the years the some of the things that I had saved have been lost in moves unfortunately and stuff like that and things get misplaced. But I did come across um, Kirk's original bomber jacket, his, uh, oh, yeah. his signature bomber jacket <laughs> that he wore throughout most of the show that was passed on to me in the last couple of uh, years. And uh, that's one of the things that I was able to donate. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's just so cool to go to these museums and see these things and, you know, it, and, and it, you know, it, it, all of a sudden you see it and it's like, wow, I remember that. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, the Hollywood Museum is amazing in itself. Um, I, I had never been there before until this event actually came about. And it is five floors of just some of the most amazing collections you've ever seen. Wow. Yeah. It's it's something anybody in the area is, is who is a fan of film and television is going to want to see. Yeah. Um, I have always been a huge fan of, of film and television, and it was jaw-dropping getting to see the amount of of really classic stuff that they have hmm. yeah that's, uh, and and the thing about the autograph show i mean there's all kinds of autograph shows and but 
this one specifically is going to have over 50 child stars there. And, and, and that's unheard of because, I mean, at the other autograph shows, you know, you might have five or six of them or maybe ten maybe even. I don't know. But but right. this one, I mean, there's just going to be so many. You know, you're going to walk by table after table after table with memories just looking at these people. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, from practically every generation of television. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for it to be benefiting uh, a minor consideration, which is just an incredible organization. Um, it's really something that I really want to see people get out there and support as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I love doing the signings for the reasons I spoke about, but this one in particular, I was really anxious to do um, anything I can do to try and raise awareness for a minor consideration. You know, they, they really, are the only people out there fighting to protect child uh, children in the entertainment industry. And, you know, not just film and television, I mean, music and dance and pretty much every venue of entertainment. I mean, they're fighting for children's rights. Mm -hmm. And that is something that is sorely lacking. Right. You know, um, they were the ones who fought to try and get the Coogan law, which for those who don't know, that's the, law that says that a child's um, earnings in the entertainment industry, 15%, has to be put into a trust fund for them until they're 18. Mm-hmm. Um, that came about um, because Jackie Coogan, who is the grandfather of my very good friend Keith Coogan, who will also be at this event, who was on um, Keith did Toy Soldiers and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead and uh, Adventures in Babysitting and a thousand other, you know, he was on The Waltons and amazingly accomplished, you know, actor. Mm-hmm. And his grandfather was one of the first original child stars. I mean, his his grandfather, at I think the age of six years old, did the film The Kid with Charlie Chaplin. Wow. <laughs> and I mean, he was the original, you know, the original child star. And he had to file suit um, to try and get access and rights to his own money, you know, in in his career. And we're talking about the 1930s or 40s here. He only saw maybe $40,000 out of the $4 million he made. Holy cow. Jeez. You know, I mean, that's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Jeez. And, you know, beyond the fact you hear horror stories about parents ripping off the kids and different things like that. And that does happen, although it's not as common. What is more common is you have the people on the outside, the business managers, Mm -hmm. the investment managers, things like that, who take advantage of the parents who don't know any better, who take advantage of the kids who certainly don't know anything about, you know, their finances. Exactly. Um, So having an organization like Minor Consideration that fights to protect the kids from those things, that is looking to expand into more education, you know, um, drug and alcohol awareness, looking to expand into the, you know, the realm of financial uh, education, teaching kids, I mean, just how to balance the checkbook, Mm -hmm. how to manage their bills, things that, you know, kids who are earning very good livings need to be aware of. Um, and on top of that, the Coogan law right now, it's only, it's only 
um, effective in, I believe, five states. Hmm. Now, the way the industry has changed, we film all over the country and all over the world now. And in, in what, it's 45 states, you don't have to protect the child. You don't have to protect their money. You don't have, I mean, there's, there's less rights as to how long you can work the kid. They're less stringent about, um, labor laws. And I mean, it's, hmm, that's ridiculous. These, these are things that are, that are not okay. You know, it needs to be a national, you know, like kind of like a blanket clause that is, is the same, no matter where you go. Right. And that's one of the things that is most prominent that, uh, a minor consideration is fighting for. Wow. Huh. Well, that's very interesting. Cause, uh, you know, something should be done, obviously. I mean, that doesn't uh, seem fair that they do that. But, yeah, no, it's 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 not right. That's for sure. Yeah, and uh, you know, minor consideration is in there with um, you know getting involved with the political side, the lobbyists, the politicians. You know, trying to get backing, getting the people who can actually make these changes happen behind the cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and truthfully, that you know, these things take money. That's what the fundraiser is for. Right. That's yeah. why we're pushing to to make this as big as we can to to get as much awareness out there as well and to raise as much money for such a worthy cause. Hmm. Well, that's great. You know, these are these are child stars who, you know, entertain us all. Oh definitely. And they provide you know, provide us with all forms of entertainment and make our lives a little better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, someone's gotta look out for them. Right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, Jeremy, uh, I just I, I have two final questions, but I just have another one other question I want to ask you before. Uh, I, I noticed that you're going to be in a couple of movies. Is that uh, correct, or is is my yes, research? Yes, I, I have a, <laughs> a nope, nope. I have a couple of films on the uh, on the agenda at the moment. Um, we're set to start filming. In the next six months or so, a uh, horror film called The Awakening, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe we're actually filming that one in Ireland. That's going to be an amazing experience. Wow. I've never been there before. And um, also a film called Tar Beach, um, which is a uh, kind of a romantic drama, um, which I'm set to play the romantic lead in um of the well the romantic interest of the lead character in in the film and uh also just did a wonderfully goofy um almost sharknado style bad to be bad horror (laughs) film um called ah roach Mm -hmm. and uh you know very fun funny gruesome at times, goofy um, film about, uh, you know, radioactive cockroaches that are, are, uh, you know, devouring people. It was, it was a blast to film. It was just a really goofy, good time. 
Good. So, yeah, I've got a few things on the slate. Yeah, sounds like you've been busy. But, I'm trying to, you know. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, I'd like to finish up with the two final questions I ask everybody. Uh, it takes us away from your acting and, and, and the event coming up this weekend. But when you sit back and relax, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what are your favorite movies now and of the past? Mm. Right now, my favorite show that I'm watching is uh, Orphan Black. Ah. I am I am just hooked on that show. Um it's it's brilliant television, classic BBC style television, story driven, amazing performances. Um, Tatiana Maslany, who is the lead in that and plays multiple different characters. I have to say, watching her really makes me feel inferior as an actor. <laughs> um, to to see her playing, you know, five, six different roles in one show and such completely different characters and doing such an incredible job. I, my jaw's on the floor watching her. And it's a very powerful, riveting, in, intense, you know, show as well. So I'm, I'm real hooked on that one right now. Um, in the past, I was a big fan, especially growing up when I was a kid, of all of the sitcom-type shows. I loved Roseanne. I loved Who's the Boss. Um, before I started acting, Brady Bunch was my show. Mm -hmm. And that actually kind of started me a little bit down the path was I used to run around the house reciting lines from the show and acting <laughs> out scenes. Um, that's before I ever started acting. So mm -hmm. those were my TV shows that were real, you know, real kind of important to me. Mm -hmm. um, film wise, I have a vast, vast love of film. Um, it would, it, I can't even there, you know, people, Oh, my top 10 films, I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, modern day, I have to say, I love the superhero type stuff. It's, you know, getting to a degree, a little bit, some of them have gotten a little bit tired, um, you know, which can happen, especially when you're doing sequential films. Right. It can be hard to keep that same passion going. But one of the best films and most enjoyable for me of the last year was Deadpool. I, I loved the film. I walked out of there going, it might be the most perfect film I've ever seen. I didn't have a single criticism. I was... I, I laughed. I, I was. I was. In, it, it just blew me away how good that film was. Um, I absolutely adored it. Um, going back into the past, Unforgiven is still one of my favorite films of all time. The Clint Eastwood uh, modern western from the '90s. Um, I absolutely love uh, Nuts, Richard Dreyfuss and uh, Barbara Streisand. Mm -hmm. um, platoon i love dramatic films i love great comedies as well trading places um coming to america uh you know like i said it would be so hard for me to even narrow down a top 10 because i do have such a, a, a wide variety of films and film genres that i love mm -hmm. yeah well that gives us an idea and that's that's exactly what we're looking for so uh uh, Jeremy, I want to thank you so much for joining us, and everybody should be checking out uh, the Hollywood Museum's Child Star Then and Now exhibit and the autograph show where you will be, and they can go over and say hi and uh, see some great uh, memorabilia in the museum. And uh, I thank you so much for sharing with us. 
Thank you so much for having me on, Brian. A big thank you going out to Jeremy Miller for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Love that show. Growing Pains. He was Ben Seaver. And uh, it's it's kind of neat to hear the behind-the-scenes stories that he was telling us and everything. So uh, be sure to check him out. He is going to be at the Hollywood Museum this weekend with over 50 other child stars for their Child Stars Then and Now exhibit and, of course, the autograph show. And the exhibit's going to be going on through November toward the end of the year. So you can still check that out uh, you know, later on, but uh, don't miss that autograph show this weekend at the Hollywood Museum. It's going to be fun. A lot of fun. And say hi to Jeremy for me. And that's about it. If you're on Facebook, be sure to like us. If you're on iTunes, if you're getting this from iTunes, leave a review for us. And most of all, tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond. We have over 400 and, what are we, 23 episodes now that they can go back and hear some of the most fantastic episodes celebrities telling their stories about their movies and TVs and also about entertainment uh, singers and everything. It's it's just so much there. Uh, Mickey Rooney we interviewed and uh, uh, Gary Sinise, Bob Barker. Check them all out on screenandbeyond.com. Go to our rerun section. They're all there. Or if you're on iTunes, check them out there. You can get them there too. And that's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond. I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.